It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Hello, Canada and hockey fans in the United States and Newfoundland. It's behind the Maple Leaf Nets. It's right crowding them. Back to Paul at the blue line. He fakes a shot. Rolls one in front. And Kennedy intercepted and shoots it away. Greetings and welcome to another episode of Pucks and Cups. If you like, you can support the podcast for as little as $3 a month. Just go to patreon.com slash CanadaEHX. You can also donate to the podcast by going to CanadaEHX.com and clicking donate. Don't forget, I have two other podcasts out there, Canadian History X, which releases every Wednesday and Saturday, and From John to Justin, which releases every single Friday. If you become a patron or you donate, I'll make sure I thank you on the air and throughout my social media. And I do all of this full time, the writing, the research, everything. So every doll you give helps keep it all going and it goes straight to me. If you like, you can email me at craig at canadaehx.com. You can find me on Twitter. My handle is Craig Baird, C-R-A-I-G-B-A-I-R-D. And I'm on Instagram and TikTok at Bairdo37. I'm also on YouTube where I put up weekly videos. Just go to youtube.com slash C slash Canadian History X. Remember, that's E-H-X. And on my website, I have hundreds of articles all about Canada's history. Just go to CanadaEHX.com. He is one of the fastest skaters to ever take to the ice, so it's no surprise that Joe Simpson gained the nickname of Bullet during his Hall of Fame career that lasted only a few seasons, but helped him leave his mark on the early NHL. Harold Edward Joseph Simpson was born in Selkirk, Manitoba, and as a young player, he picked up the nickname that would stay with him for the rest of his life because of his speed on the ice. Playing on a frozen slough near his house in the early 1900s, he would play against other children from the community. The boys who lived on the north side of town would go up against those on the south end, and it was there that Simpson honed his hockey skills. Simpson would say that he learned to skate almost as soon as he could walk. Playing as a defenseman, Simpson would begin to play for the Selkirk Fisherman Juniors before making the jump to the NHA in 1914-15 when he joined the Winnipeg Victorious. Soon after, he did what many young men at the time did and enlisted in the First World War, but that didn't stop his hockey career. He would play for the 61st Battalion team of Winnipeg, where he would win the Allen Cup in 1916. Simpson was a major reason that Winnipeg won the Allen Cup that year. The Winnipeg Tribune would write, quote, Joe Simpson played a leading part in the great improvement of the soldiers as they passed the puck in an effective manner, assisting in two goals and getting in on two other occasions to score himself, end quote. After that bit of glory, Simpson was off to war, serving with the 43rd Battalion on the British front in the battalion commanded by Major Winston Churchill. During the war, he would be wounded twice, including at the Battle of the Somme, and he would receive the military medal. Jimmy Robinson would write of Simpson that he was, quote, Canada's most popular hockey player and an outstanding first baseman on the 1st Battalion baseball team in the Canadian Army, end quote. Simpson would return home in January 1919 as lieutenant. The Winnipeg Tribune would report on his arrival in Selkirk, quote, 
The sensational Selkirk hockey player claims that he is feeling fairly fit. Joe is one of the most brilliant defense players ever developed around this district. He will likely try to get in shape to help the Selkirk youngsters in their senior hockey league battles. End quote. That is exactly what Simpson would do, signing on to play a few games with the Selkirk Fisherman seniors. But Simpson's entire life would change in 1920 thanks to an offer he just couldn't refuse. In that year, while he was playing in a Winnipeg pool room, Kenny McKenzie of the Edmonton Eskimos offered him $3,000 to turn professional, amounting to about $38,000 today. Simpson would say he would go if his father would give him permission. Thankfully for Simpson and hockey in general, his father said it was okay, and his professional career soon began. Simpson apparently received offers from several teams, but in the end, Simpson naturally accepted, and he would join the Eskimos on November 4, 1920. The Weekly Albertan reported, quote, Although Joe turned down numerous offers, the Edmonton proposition looks a little too rosy, and as a result, Winnipeg's premier defenseman will startle the eyes of the Western hockey fans this winter. End quote. Sadly, this also meant the end of the Selkirk team. The Calgary Herald reported, quote, The Selkirk hockey team is practically out of existence for the time being. It received its death blow the other night when Joe Simpson, individual star of the team and one of the greatest players in the game, boarded the 9.40 p.m. CN train for Edmonton, there to line up on the Eskimo defense with Hal Winkler. End quote. It did not take long for Simpson to begin to make a name for himself. In 1921-22, he was named to the Western Hockey League first all-star team, and he would continue to dominate for the next few years, earning three first-team selections and one second-team selection. During that time, Newsy Lalonde, a legend himself, called Simpson the greatest living hockey player. In 1923, the Regina Leader Post would write of Simpson, quote, Corkscrew Joe was the backbone and mainstay of the Edmonton team. All winter he has labored under the handicap of teaming up with an inefficient partner, and he has had to bear the brunt of the defense work, which he has accomplished admirably. End quote. That season, Simpson would finish fourth in goal scoring in the league, which was good for a defenseman for the time. The leader post would go on calling Simpson the most valuable player in Western Canada, stating, quote, Simpson doesn't stop at getting goals. He also passes the puck and infuses combination play into his rushes, a thing that very few defense players do. End quote. Simpson was a smaller player, never weighing more than 160 pounds, but he played like he weighed 200 pounds. Bill Coram of the New York Journal American would say of Simpson was a, quote, rollicking, rocking man flashing down the rink with the puck on the end of his stick, end quote. At the end of 1924-25, the Western Hockey League ceased operations, and it was time for Simpson to move on to the NHL. During his time in the Western Hockey League, Simpson had 57 goals and 42 assists in 113 games. Simpson's contract was purchased, along with that of John Morrison and Ray Rickey, for $10,000 by the New York Americans on September 18, 1925. The team was owned by bootlegger Big Bill Dwyer, and Simpson quickly became one of the gate attractions for the team. The Americans' publicity team would portray Simpson as a trapliner who had traveled from 600 kilometers north of Edmonton to New York City by dog sled and toboggan, while guarded by the indigenous. The Saskatoon Star Phoenix would report, quote, Many scoffed last spring of the ability of the New York club to overcome the waiver clauses to get Simpson out of the Western Canada League, but apparently they found a way to accomplish it. The purchase price paid is said to be the largest ever involved in the transfer of an individual hockey player. Simpson, the dispatch adds, has signified his willingness to go to New York. End quote. For the next six seasons, Simpson played for the Americans. 
With the team, he would become a fan favorite for his end-to-end style rushes and his fearless attitude on the ice. During his time with the team, he had 21 goals and 40 points, a good amount for a defenseman at the time. And while Simpson was now reaching his 40s, it was said he made up for lost time in his youth spent in small towns by having the time of his life in New York. Jim Coleman would write of Simpson's time in New York, quote, Bullet Joe Simpson became a star on Broadway, despite the fact he left some of his best athletic years behind him in the blood and mud of the Regina Trench on the Western Front in World War I, end quote. In 1931, he would end his playing career. During his NHL career, Simpson had 21 goals and 19 assists in 228 games with the Americans. The Victoria Times colonist reported, quote, Another of the old veterans has passed from the hockey wars, as far as active play is concerned, in the person of Bullet Joe Simpson. Joe was one of the most spectacular players in the game a few years ago, end quote. The colonist would add, quote, Eastern hockey fans never saw Simpson at his best. In 1923, he was as great a player as one could see in action, a beautiful skater who was as great an idol all over the prairies as Morenza's in the East. End quote. He would then turn to coaching, coaching the Americans for three years, finishing with a record of 42 wins and 72 losses, never getting the team beyond fourth place or the semifinals in the playoffs. Simpson would also coach in Minneapolis and New Haven, and then move to Florida in 1938 to promote hockey there. While in Florida, Simpson suffered a massive heart attack that resulted in him being inactive in hockey for two years. But his friend, Art Coltier, came to his aid, giving him a job at his hardware store where Simpson would work until 1965. Simpson would say, quote, He gave me a job selling skates in his hardware store four hours a day. It may sound funny selling skates in Florida, but Coral Gables at the time had an arena. End quote. In 1963, Simpson was inducted into the Hockey Hall of Fame and on December 25, 1973, Simpson died at the age of 80. Two years later, in 1975, he was inducted into Canada's Sports Hall of Fame. In 1994, the Marine Museum of Manitoba in Selkirk restored a 1963 flat-bottom freighter and named it the Harold Bullet Joe Simpson. In 2013, he was inducted into the Manitoba Sports Hall of Fame. Rick Brownlee of the Hall of Fame would say that Simpson should have been inducted years earlier, but was mistakenly overlooked because many assumed he was already inducted. He would say, quote, With the Tribune Hall of Fame that used to exist in the old arena in the 1950s until 1979, I think people already assumed he was already in. So we're rectifying that now and putting him in 40 years later. He passed away 40 years ago and his hockey career ended 40 years before that. So basically, we're having a tough time finding a relative that feels close enough and comfortable enough to come up on stage and to accept on his behalf. End quote. I hope you enjoyed that episode and my look at Bullet Joe Simpson. Next week, we're looking at Frank Boucher. If you like, you can email me at craig at canadaehx.com. You can find me on Twitter. My handle is Craig Baird, C-R-A-I-G-B-A-I-R-D, and I'm on Instagram at Bairdo37. As well, again, if you want to support the podcast, you can for as little as $3 a month. Just go to patreon.com slash canadaehx. And you can donate to the podcast by going to canadaehx.com and clicking donate. I'd also like to thank all of my wonderful patrons, and I apologize if I get any names incorrect. Jeff Dahl, Vobs, Robert Page, Richard D., Colin Johnson, Katie Caldwell, Jeff Hershey, Kyle Murray, Steve Pakin, Matthew Gartho, Lionel Romaine, Dr. Bob Turner, an anonymous patron that I truly do appreciate, Randy Hayden, Doug Campbell, Reg W., Deborah Carlson, Francis Helbling, Nick Zinri, 
Shannon Marshall, Clinton Martinez, Dimitri Shove, Aaron O'Hara Myers, Robert Dunseith, Todd Casey, Catherine Rawa, Luke Guess, JP Bear, Jason Hall, Phil Maynard, and Iris Gray. Information from NHL.com, Manitoba Sports Hall of Fame, Memorable Manitobians, Greatest Hockey Legends, Wikipedia, Manitoba Hockey Hall of Fame, CBC, Winnipeg Tribune, Calgary Herald, Regina Leader Post, Victoria Times Colonist, and the Edmonton Journal. Thanks. We'll see you again next time. Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance (laughs) recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.